0: This past weekend, Syracuse football saw five players make their way into the NFL, two via the NFL draft, three via undrafted free agency. It was a busy week in Syracuse football following the NFL draft, plus a big-time transfer from the Syracuse football program. We got a football-based Monday episode of Locked on Syracuse. Let's get right after it. What's up, what's happening? Welcome into your Locked On Syracuse Monday. I'm Owen Valentine saying thank you so much for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today and every day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked today to get started. A busy weekend with regards to Syracuse football. Uh, and a fun one, early gone, and then it, it, it sort of shifted. Uh, so today we start things off with a draft recap. Now we had a little bonus episode on Saturday to talk about the first two picks for Syracuse. Your when or your Friday selections in Matthew Bergeron and in Garrett Williams. We went a lot more in depth on that episode. If you missed it, feel free to check it out. But today we're going to talk about the draft as a whole to get things started today and Syracuse football's overall showing in the NFL draft and things got started uh, on on day two right early on on day two as Matthew Bergeron went to the Atlanta Falcons uh, with the thirty eighth pick in the NFL draft this season uh, it was an exciting pick and, and you actually saw some some video surfacing uh, this afternoon actually when I'm recording this on Monday uh, you saw some video surface about the Cowboys contemplating taking Bergeron in the late first round would have been Syracuse's first first round pick since 2013 when Justin Pugh uh, got drafted Uh, would have been the first first round pick in 10 years for Syracuse football, but he slips into the second round. I think that's where most people thought he would land and the Falcons, as we discussed on that episode, need a left guard. Uh, And that's not necessarily where, you see the experience for Bergeron, but what you saw in terms of uh, Senior Bowl stuff, in terms of all of these scouting reports about Bergeron, was the versatility that you think at the next level he's got the skill set, the athleticism, the footwork, the intangibles to play either an offensive tackle or an offensive guard. And it appears, based on needs, based on where the Falcons have depth, that you will most likely see. Bergeron playing a guard come the fall when the NFL season kicks off. Your next pick for Syracuse football was a guy in Garrett Williams. It's a guy that had big time expectations and you thought he might possibly become a, a first round pick heading into the season. And it didn't quite work out. He gets hurt. Uh, he was showing that potential And he slides a little bit as a result of the injury, some other question marks, things of that nature. He looks good right now. The recovery looks pretty solid. But right now what you're seeing with Garrett Williams is that he he is a a more of a longer-term project. I talked about how Bergeron is going to be an immediate impact, a day one, week one starter for Atlanta. Garrett Williams is going to be a little bit more delayed uh, in terms of the recovery, in terms of what happens with him as you move forward at this point in time. And then the waiting game started for Syracuse football and you knew the other three names were, were sort of some question marks and when could Sean Tucker go and would anyone take a chance on Michael Jones? And I don't think anyone thought Andre Schmidt was going to be drafted, but you assumed that he would get picked up uh, because the NFL needs kickers. And if you watch the NFL, kicking is, is – it's at a premium right now. And you've got the all-time leading point scorer for Syracuse, and you've got the highest field goal percentage of all time for Syracuse football and Andre Schmidt uh, getting picked up later on. But you talk about Sean Tucker, and I believe I predicted on Saturday – that Tucker would be a sixth round pick. And that didn't quite work out. You saw there was a bit of a halt on running backs. And then when they started to draft running backs, there were some big question marks. And Sean Tucker's injury that kept him out of the combine, that forced him to do his own personal mini combine of sorts, that made him do whatever that was the other day uh in terms of his own little video about his abilities and his play and things like that and what you started to see is is that teams weren't quite ready to take a chance on Sean Tucker given the question marks in terms of a draft pick given the coming back from injury i heard that maybe Things weren't incredible interview-wise. All of these factors contributing to running backs, which we all know, and I will tell you time and time again if you want to get into this conversation with me, by all means, running backs at the NFL level aren't that relevant in terms of when you should draft them, if you should draft them, where you can get a stud at running back. It's not early on in the draft. And it is lower level guys, undrafted free agents, late round draft picks, uh, things of that nature. The Bills signed Latavius Murray today, for what that's worth, um, is where you're gonna get your success in terms of the running back. And with those question marks, Sean Tucker, value-wise to a lot of teams, didn't jump off the page. And I think it makes sense. And I sort of saw the second I started things. And watching the draft on Saturday, it started to hit me that my my prediction that I made hours earlier wasn't really going to work. And there were too many running backs ahead of him in terms of rankings uh, and with fewer question marks that would lead to being drafted uh, ahead of Sean Tucker. It didn't take long for him to get picked up afterwards, though. Sean Tucker picked up by the Buccaneers. Uh, and got a pretty good contract and, and numbers-wise uh, for an undrafted free agent over 150k, which, as as some other people in, in Syracuse sports media pointed out, uh, indicates that they think he's a roster type guy. Uh, and I think a lot of people are in the same boat about that. Sean Tucker is a guy that has the potential to to be an early down back or or things like that, get you some chunk yardage. Uh, Maybe even occasional third down situations, depending on what you're thinking of. He's a guy that can be a part of a committee. He's not necessarily a true RB1 uh, and, and things like that. So, as you look at this, I think it makes sense when he's an undrafted free agent, given those question marks. Would it have been awesome to see Syracuse get its third draft pick for the first time since 2006? Yes. Are there a lot of people? who have a convincing case as to why Sean Tucker should have been drafted? Yes. But when you look at those big-name guys that Sean Tucker was grouped with heading into this season following the all-time leading single-season rushing yards numbers from a Syracuse running back in conversations with a guy like Bijan Robinson, that gap widened and continued to widen. And that's what leaves Sean Tucker as a UDFA at the end of the year. Plus injury, plus question marks, things like that. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's chat a little bit about FanDuel, and then we will break down the rest of the NFL draft for Syracuse and a busy weekend for Syracuse football. But let's make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Because right now, New customers can get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. They have great promos every day. The app is safe. The app is secure. And when you say, "Hey, I'm up. I want to get that money out of there," you can get paid instantly. There is no better place bet all the playoff action, or there's no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number. One sports book. You can take a look. What do we got tonight? I'm pulling it up right now. I'm going to give you an impulse bet. Uh, You got Celtics, Sixers, or Nuggets, Suns. Uh, Give me, let's go bold. Give me the Phoenix Suns money line on the road, plus 150. Uh, Let's go with the Suns money line. A little bit bold. Late night game tonight. I was in Phoenix last week, so I'm, uh, I'm on Team Suns right now. Uh, so there's no better place to bet all that playoff action. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, we're finishing up our little chat about the Syracuse weekend in terms of football, in terms of the NFL draft. Uh, Bergeron going top 40 early, early second round pick to the Falcons. Garrett Williams going in the third to the Arizona Cardinals. I'm a Seahawks fan. That means I will see him more than I would have liked to hope. Uh, Sean Tucker picked up by the Buccaneers. The next name that I saw, uh, and I actually missed this when it first happened, didn't see it till the next day. Uh, Michael Jones picked up by the Chargers. Uh, I I think we, we all in central New York Think incredibly highly of Michael Jones. Even if the sizing wise, the numbers wise, the measurements wise, things don't necessarily add up to a high tier, elevated draft pick, there is a reason why Central New York loves Michael Jones so much. And it's because of him as a person, his character, the way he outplays. His size, like nobody else does, and seeing him get picked up very, very quickly after the draft is a really cool sign. A guy that is a captain, a guy that leads by example and elevates an entire defense and brings people to the level that you want them to be at. It's cool to see. It's really exciting. I'm beyond excited. Like, you knew what Bergeron was going to do draft wise. You knew what Williams was going to do draft-wise. Sean Tucker was a surprise. I would have loved, and I think everyone would have loved, to see Michael Jones get his name called. Uh, but the re- the rapid succession in terms of him being signed is an awesome nod to him and, and who he is as a player, as a person, and what his potential could be in the long run. I hope that things work out. He makes a roster maybe. Uh, He continues doing his thing. He shows people what to expect from a guy in Michael Jones. Uh, But that one's going to be a bit of a waiting game to see what happens. Last name. It's a tough place to be a kicker. Uh, A little double doink action you can throw in there. There are plenty of Chicago field goals that you could talk about in terms of the nightmare that has been Chicago Bears kicking and who gets added to the mix. The one, the only Andre Schmidt from Syracuse, five players from the orange making their way uh, into the NFL in some capacity this past weekend. Andre Schmidt, that's exciting. Uh, it would be fun to see if he can kick on Sundays. My question is the distance. Uh, he's very, very solid, 45 yards and in. Uh, but that that next gap is is my big question mark with Andre Schmidt. Uh, can he bridge that gap at the next level, right? The 50-yarders, the 55-yarders, the 58-yarders, right? Can he get that range with any consistency? Uh, That'll be the question mark with regards to him and his success in this situation. All right, that'll wrap up our NFL draft recap. Again, I went into more depth on Syracuse's two draft Matthew Bergeron and Garrett Williams on a bonus Saturday episode. So if you missed that, no worries. You can head that or hit that up on YouTube, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can rewatch that or check it out if you have not seen it yet. Uh, to go a little bit more in depth as to their possible roles, the situations they got drafted in, and their picks as a whole. Um, but what we've got right now is is a big time. I'm going to say a bit of a news bomb. Uh, that we weren't necessarily expecting in any capacity. And it's Syracuse quarterback Justin Lamson is entering the transfer portal. Now, you might not really know all too much about Justin Lamson. He played outstanding in last year's spring game. Gets hurt, out the entire season with a red shirt, plays this season in the spring game. I think a lot of people thought potential-wise, he could be your backup quarterback. And if you know anything about Syracuse football, it's that the backup quarterback makes their way onto the field a hell of a lot more than you might want it to. You look last year when Schrader was struggling with injuries. Uh, you look to, I'm thinking what, 2020 when or 2019 when Syracuse had a 10-win season And it's most successful year in how long? 2018, excuse me. Uh, And you needed Tommy DeVito to come in for a few different games. You look at 2019, 2020, right? These are all years where you are having backup quarterbacks playing more than garbage snaps in certain situations, right? The backup quarterback at Syracuse and in college is a very important position because of the frequency in which you need to use the backup quarterback. And Justin Lamson transfers out. I liked Justin Lampson a lot. I might, and maybe I'm saying this because I'm a little bit angry and agitated, I might have liked him more than Del Rio Wilson. Didn't get to see a ton into that battle yet. And I don't want to go full rogue here, but my initial thought process goes to Dino Babers. You have a guy in Garrett Schrader right now who is heading into the final year. You need a good backup quarterback right now. And we thought, what, four months ago, that the quarterback room was going to be absolutely loaded with a guy in Lenora Sellers coming in on top of Schrader and Del Rio Wilson, and Justin Lamson. And now Sellers is South Carolina. He flipped his switch on decision day. Lovely. And Justin Lamson is in the transfer portal. And my question is, if Justin Lamson was announced the backup quarterback, which I think a lot of people think he could have been based on spring game performances and spring game performances alone, would he be on this roster still? And we don't know all too much about rationale behind his entering the portal. But would Justin Lampson remain on this roster if he was announced the backup quarterback? And my personal thought is that yes he would. But here's what happened at the spring game. And I'm frustrated and maybe I'm going to regret this. But instead of Dino Babers giving you any piece of information like who the backup quarterback is after how many weeks of spring football. Dino gives the most Dino thing ever in that I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm not going to flash my hand. I am not going to do a single thing that might give someone a piece of information. I'm not going to declare a starter because that would give people an idea of who the actual backup quarterback is in the fall. I am instead going to flip a coin to determine who my starting quarterback is at the spring game. It's idiotic. It is stupid. Grow a backbone and make a decision and say something. Give a kid a nod for the work that they've done. You are telling me that these two are dead even, and there's not one ounce of you that can lean either way, and you are going to flip a coin. Maybe I'm grasping at straws here. Maybe I'm overly angry because I have mentioned that I am very frustrated with the state of Syracuse football. And the state of a coaching staff that was dismantled and put back together. And the state of a head coach that, quite frankly, cannot do anything. He doesn't call offensive plays. He doesn't call defensive plays. He doesn't recruit. He doesn't game manage. What is he there for? Make a decision. And he didn't. And if you made that decision and determined that Carlos Del Rio Wilson was your backup quarterback and you lose Justin Lamson as a result, that is, that is what it is. But if you came out, if he had won that battle and said Justin Lamson is the starting quarterback in the spring game because of what I've seen him do well, he's healthy and the position that he's earned. I truly believe Justin Lamson remains on this roster, and remains in Syracuse, and is the potential starter next season. Meaning, after this final year, the following year. Am I insane? Am I overly angry? Am I am I wrong for this? Let me know, please. You know, talk me off the ledge here. Uh, but I, I'm frustrated. And I I do look at Dino Babers for things like this. And I talked about this. I am not happy with Syracuse football right now. I was happy to see what happened this weekend. Five guys getting drafted or signed. That's awesome. Good for them. Congratulations. Genuinely, congratulations. That's awesome to see guys that are not big name recruits have the transitions that they've had and make their way to NFL teams. Phenomenal. I mean that with all my heart, and I'm not BSing here. I truly mean that. But right now, I look at a team that lost almost every asset on the defensive side to the transfer portal. I look at a team whose quarterback is coming off of injury and feels healthy and is as good as he's ever been, but he's still coming off of injury. I look at a team whose wide receiving core entirely hit the transfer portal. Thankfully, Aranda Gadsden is listed as a tight end. I look at a team whose entire coaching staff left because they saw what was on the other side of the fence. And you get an internal hire with Jason Beck, that's great. You get Rocky Long, the founder of the 335 that comes in, that's great. You lost just about everyone on your coaching staff. There was a mass exit from Syracuse football this past offseason. Is that the reality of Syracuse football in the NIL age? I don't know. Is that the reality? That Syracuse will get mid, in generous generous terms, mid to low-level recruits, and the ones that work their way up and figure things out and show that star potential are going to hit the portal and go somewhere else? Is that the reality of Syracuse football? I don't know, but I'm frustrated with Syracuse football and how things are going right now. And this is the cherry on top of the icing on the cake of the, I don't know, happy birthday to blank on top of the the, the balloons and flowers that have been decorated. This is the final cherry sprinkle, whatever, in my disappointment in Syracuse football. Am I being too negative? I don't think so. Talk me out of it, please. I'd love to be fired up about Syracuse football, excited about Syracuse football, but I'm not. It's a somber way to end your Monday. Oops. Oh, thanks for listening. That'll do it for a Monday episode. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk Syracuse basketball recruiting. Um, and I, I'm excited about that. I'll tell you what. So if you thought this episode ended on a low and you think tomorrow we're going to parlay that into our Tuesday episode, you're dead wrong. Because tomorrow, I'm fired up for tomorrow, and I am ready to do exactly that and get you fired up about Syracuse basketball recruiting. Because it's fun. It's exciting right now. Players want to come play Syracuse basketball, it seems. Let's break that down. That'll be your tomorrow episode for our everydayers that are going to tune back in tomorrow, even after my, my negativity from today. Please, if you want to, talk me out of my negativity in the comments at Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Am I overreacting? Did I miss something with regards to Justin Lamson? Uh Am I grasping at straws? Am I just anti-Dino Babers at this point? Let me know. Have the debate. I'd love to have it. I'd love to to add to this conversation to see if we can find a way uh, to maybe better my mood surrounding Q's football. But until then, I'm Owen Valentine. Uh, Be kind. Make somebody smile today. Uh, Have a great day. Enjoy your evening. I'm sorry this is posted late, uh, but it's better than nothing on your Monday episode. So I'm Owen Valentine. I'll catch you tomorrow. Peace.